0: I'm glad you fooled me tonight because I, uh, I don't know whether anybody heard me or not, but I hum along with the choir, and I don't come to rehearsal, and I got out of time. <laughs> but I really enjoyed that. That was wonderful, praise the Lord. Uh, tonight, if you turn to First Chronicles with me, First Chronicles, the first chapter and I'd like to read from the first verse. Now, don't get shocked, you know, you see this here, because, uh, you know, I've often said that there are messages wherever we look in the Scriptures. And uh, I'm just going to read the first four verses. I won't use the whole four, but I'm just going to read them. Adam, yes. Enosh, Kenan, Mahalil, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah. Now, this is the message tonight. (laughs) Uh, It's a wonderful thing if you turn with me over to Luke, the fourth chapter. Luke, the fourth chapter. I won't have you going too much, so you won't be going back and forth, but this I'd just like you to see. The fourth chapter, now I would have you remember that this here is in the Hebrew that you just read, so that you uh, will understand the difference here in the spelling. The last verse of the fourth chapter, reading backwards. I'm not going to ask you to read backwards, but let me just go like this. Adam, the... uh, Third chapter, I'm sorry, third chapter of the last verse, 38th verse. Adam, Seth, Enos, Canaan, Malaliel, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah. Now these are the exact duplicate of the ones in First Chronicles. The most wonderful thing, I think, for us to remember is that God wonderfully, in the names of his patriarchs, and I would have you notice that here in the first book of Chronicles, Adam, Shem, Enosh, and you'll notice that Cain and Abel are left out uh, because they are out. Uh, Cain's Killing of Abel, and then God's judgment upon Cain that the line of Cain would die and there'd be nothing left. And by the flood, of course, the line of Cain is gone. The flood wiped out all of Cain's line because all that survived, remember, was Noah. And Noah is of the line of Seth, or as it has here, Sheth. So that God leaves out these two. And uh, but the most wonderful thing is that in the names of the patriarchs here, in these ten names, God gives the gospel. Let me just give you the names, and then I'd like to go back and just talk about them. Adam, in the Hebrew, is man. Sheph means having become. Enosh means wretched. Kenan means mourner. Mahalalel means the light of God or the blessed God. Jared means came down. Kenach means was consecrated. Methuselah means his death he will send or when he is dead it will come. Lamech means to the poor and oppressed, and Noah means comfort. Now, if I put those together, here's what this message is, and you can take this in Luke 3 or in First Chronicles. Here's how it reads. Man, having become a wretched mourner, the blessed God came down and consecrated by his death to send to the oppressed comfort. Isn't that wonderful? Did you ever think that in the very names of the patriarchs God had put his tremendous message of salvation And to know that beginning with man, Adam, man, if you'll turn to Genesis 1, the, sixth, the 26th verse, Genesis 1. I'll repeat that after for you, but if you just for this moment will turn with me to Genesis 1, the 26th verse. Here is Adam. Here is man. The whole message is here, man in his innocence. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. I'm going to read you Scripture tonight and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. I want you to think of man and this beautiful concept of God for man. Over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him, he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. And I always underline this portion. And replenish the earth. The earth was inhabited before. God frankly says that. He doesn't go into who it is inhabited by. He says, I want you to replenish the earth. Now, if you went over to the ninth chapter of Genesis, you'll find that after the flood, he says the same thing to Noah. He says, Noah, replenish the earth. Same word. So that we have no argument with the scientist, as I said this morning, who wants to search back his four and five billion years. That's all right with us. All God is saying to us is, you are of the Adamic creation, and I'm dealing with you on the basis of Adam. All of the other generations, whatever they were before, I have already handled, and there have been cataclysmic events in the past that have taken care of these other conditions. This is the generation in which I have created man in my own image, not before this. This is the generation of Adam, man, created in my own image and in my own likeness. And from this generation, this Adamic generation, will be the final generation of all the history of the universe. And out of this generation, I shall get a people for my own name who shall dwell with me for all eternity. All of the past, We care not how much they search. It doesn't bother us in the least. But all we know is that this present generation is the creation of God taking the dust of the ground and making man and breathing into his nostrils the breath of life and man was made a living soul and God gave him a spirit that no other creature in the universe has ever had and he dealt with that spirit because The spirit was his identification as in the image of God. This is man. Adam. Man. This is you. This is me. You're conscious of it. If you're here tonight and you have never been dealt with by God in your heart, you know that you have thought about it because you have a spirit nature and it has gone through your mind continually. Is there a God? I wonder if I'm right. I don't believe, but I wonder. And the very wonder is saying you have a nature that the animal creation does not have. They have a body, they have a soul. When we talk of the seed of emotions, we talk of the soulish life, but they have no spirit. And Paul says in Thessalonians, man is composed of body, of soul, and of spirit. So that man is different. And so. God creates man. And he says, replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every herd bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth and every tree and which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat and to every beast of the earth and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creepeth upon the earth wherein there is life. I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. What a mess we're living in. (laughs) It was very good. And the evening and the morning or the sixth day. You know, it's hard to imagine, isn't it, a a pristine earth like like Adam had? Hmm? Man, Adam, all of the beauty, all of the dominion that God put into this man's hand and then giving him out of his side. As Adam says, he made woman out of my side so that she's bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, and thou shalt be called woman, for woman means out of man. And it says, and they were naked, and they knew it not. And sin came in, suddenly they knew they were naked. It seems as though God had given them everything to enjoy and yet Satan so deceived them and so brought them down low and deceived Eve into believing that the one thing God denied them and he only said one thing and all that beautiful garden, wouldn't you think this would have been sufficient for them? A beautiful place to live. This past week I wrote up with Alice to see uh, Don and Martha, and uh, they live up in Connecticut now, a place called Cornwall, and uh, it's on the border of Massachusetts. Don's teaching in a private school, Marblewood School for Boys. Well, I tell you, when you ride out of here, out of this whole area, New York City, the smog, the teacher strike, the, you know, all the confusion and everything, and, and you get up there, and I, as I rode, you know, I, I left uh, I hate the throughways, don't you? I really do. They're fine to get to a place if you've got to go 80 miles an hour, but, you know, if you really want to see something, it's the side roads, isn't it, that are beautiful. And I, I said to my wife, we'd have never gotten on these side roads except Don got this job. And uh, these roads were so beautiful as we rode along into that countryside there. And when we got up there, we said, isn't it wonderful to breathe? And at night, when we went outside, the stars were so bright. It's real country. Uh, It's glorious country up in that area. And uh, I I said, it's so different, isn't it, up here? there's a, there was a little church that was built in 1719 or something like that the, on the outside, an old wooden church. I wish the gospel were preached there. Uh, sad to say, it's not preached there. Congregational church, but, and across the ch- t- street a, a little Lutheran church, but n- nothing in the village, just a few little houses, and I just couldn't help but think how glorious it is, how, how different from everything down here. And I'm thinking of Adam, you know, and that pristine creation. Where, and I couldn't help but think of this, how, how wonderful it must have been. All God said is there's only one tree you can't eat of, and that's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So what's the first thing they do? They gotta, he's got to get at that. You've got everything else in the world that's the same thing as the Joneses. The grass on the other side is always greener, isn't it? Tell someone, listen, all a Roman church has to do, or all any church has to do, is to set up a list of movies that nobody can go to, and that's the first movie they go to. That's exactly what happened with Eve. You can't have that tree. And the devil says, now that tree is everything. The rest of this is junk. That's his, that's his attitude, see? The rest of this is nothing. That tree is the one because when you eat that, you'll be like God, you see? What a way huh, to, to tempt. But I, when, when we got away from here, you know, uh, and Malvern is, is, is 10 times and 100 times better than New York City. When I come out of New York City and Alice and I, if ever we have to go like to a conference or something, When I get home, the first thing I do is take a shower because I figure, boy, out of New York City, that's it. But I couldn't help but think how completely different it was. Uh, Donald is teaching up there. They call him a master. When he goes into the classroom, all the boys get up and stand at attention. They don't sit down until says sit down at the table. No one eats a thing until Donald is served, and then the boys can eat. There's politeness. There's a different spirit, completely different. Believe it or not, this school I have to go to vespers twice a week. Must go to church on Sunday. Not a Christian school. But at least they have rules and they require that they do these things. But I couldn't help but think, I thought of Adam in this pristine creation. How glorious it must have been. He had dominion over everything. Imagine. Dominion over the fish and the fowl and God gave him everything. And what's more, he was going to have fellowship with God who made him, who created him. He was going to walk in the garden with God. Brethren, how would you like to walk in the garden with God? Hmm? Well, you know, I think it, it's wonderful that even though we do live in a condition like we live today, one day we're going to sit at the table with him and he says, you're going to eat of the fruit of the vine with me. You're going to sit at my table and you're going to eat of the fruit of the vine with me. So Adam had all of this pristine creation and yet, beloved, the temptation caused him to fall. So Adam is man and then the next three Sheth, Enosh and Kenan or Kenan their names mean having become a wretched mourner. And this is the fall. This is that terrible tragic turnover to Genesis 3, the 16th to the 24th verses, number 16 to 24. He is after the fall. The woman listened to the serpent. He said, Surely you'll not die. God hath not said you'll die when you eat of that tree. You must be wrong. Because if you eat, you'll be like God. Oh, what a deceiver. And so she ate and then listened now. Notice what it said. These names mean that. Having become a wretched mourner, the next three names, now listen to it. Unto the woman he said, this is God speaking, I will greatly multiply thy what? Sorrow, mourner. And thy conception in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, Imagine this glorious, pristine creation and see what's happened to it. Sin enters, fellowship with God is broken. God looks for Adam and Eve in the garden and says, where art thou? Giving them the opportunity. They had hidden themselves. They didn't want to see God now. They knew they had disobeyed God. And now God gives the verdict. God gives the judgment. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. Notice, for out of it was thou taken, for a dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. And Adam called his wife's name. Let me tell you, science has no answer for that. Science has no answer for death. Science talks of the transplanting of hearts and all of these other things. Science even talks about freezing bodies and bringing them back to life 100, 200 years from now. People with cancer, people with this, people with things like Lee Shank has putting them into freezers, freezing their bodies, and then when the cure is found, bringing them back, bringing them back to life, and then taking care of the disease. But they'll still die. They'll still die because the wages of sin is death, and it is not man's verdict. It's God's verdict. God decided that. Notice now what he says. Thus thou shalt return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and he clothed them. And this was the sacrifice. It meant that blood had to be shed and they were covered. When I see the blood, I will will pass over you. And they were given coats of skins. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us now to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take of the tree of life and eat and live forever. This is what science would like. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. And so he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. This is why man can't live forever. He's a sinner. Let me tell you, I've talked to people who are 80 and 90 and 100 years of age, and nearly all of them are dreadfully tired, and whether they're Christians or not, they say to me, Pastor, I've seen enough. I've seen enough, and there's no one, beloved, who wants to live forever in this kind of a body. Listen, you've had enough aches and pains already to convince you you don't want to stay too long, and God said you don't have to worry because I'm not going to let you. You can't live in that kind of a body forever. He said, there is a redemption, and I've shown you the type. And the type is, I've covered Adam and Eve with coats of skins. It meant that animals had to be put to death. The wages of sin was death. Therefore, a substitute was provided, and I covered them so their sin was covered and that fellowship could be restored. Because Adam knew and built altars, Cain and Abel, Cain killed Abel because Abel was told by Adam what God expected. And Abel brought the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof, the sacrifice. And Cain killed him because God had respect to Abel's offering because Abel said, I know that I'm a sinner and there has to be a substitute for me. And so God said, here's the picture. One day Christ will come, the Messiah. He said that, Genesis 3.15, I don't want to read of all that to you, but he said that Satan would bruise his heel, but Christ would crush his head, the Messiah that would come, and that this Messiah, this Savior, would die for men's sins and would pay the penalty, and this would cleanse away their sins forever. I will remember them no more. They're in the deepermost parts of the sea. In Adam all die, but in Christ all shall be made alive. In Adam is death, in Christ is life. For by one man sin entered the world, Romans 6, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men because all sinned in Adam. But by one man's life, one man's sacrifice, all have been made righteous who will believe. And so God says, you see, the glorious thing is that I'm going to send my son And he'll die. He'll be the seed of the woman. And you will have eternal life in him. You can't eat of that tree of life the way you are. But sins forgiven and cleansed away, you have partaken of what? The water of life. And any man that drinks this water shall have life eternal. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. If any man eat of me, he shall have everlasting life. Whosoever drinketh of the water I shall give him shall have everlasting life. But the wonderful thing is, he's saying, you're not going to live that way in that body. I'm going to clothe you upon with a body fashioned like unto the body of Jesus Christ, so that for all eternity, when you're with me, you're going to dwell forever. Now, I told Adam he couldn't. I tell you, you can I told Adam, the only means of redemption was this. His flesh will still die, but eternal life is in Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Man having become a wretched mourner, banned from the Garden of Eden, banned from the tree of life, then the next two words, the light of God came down. Oh, we'll read the first chapter of John. Jesus says, John was not that light, but he came to bear witness of that light. I am the light of the world. God says here in the names of these, the light of God. That's Mahalalel, the light of God. The light of God came down. And then the next three names, Henan, or the next two names, and Methuselah, mean he was consecrated by his death. Hebrews tells us that God crowned him with glory and honor when he put him upon the cross that redemption for Jesus says, no man takes my life from me, I lay it down of myself. And if I lay it down, I can take it up again. In the councils of eternity past, it was determined that the cross would be the means of man's redemption. Way before the worlds were formed, God saw the cross and Jesus Christ, his precious son upon it, and this was the love of God for a dying world, that Christ would pay the penalty for man's sin. And so those two names of Henoch and Methuselah mean God consecrated his son by his death. He crowned him with glory and honor on the cross of Calvary. So that by his death with friend Christ died for sinners. Christ Tasted death for every man, that he might bring us to who? To God. So that the names of the patriarchs are laid down for the Jewish nation in the Hebrew tongue, the means of their redemption. Luke in the New Testament in the third chapter merely verifies the names of the great patriarchs of God so that we understand that even in the names, and many of you have heard me preach on the twelve tribes of Israel and their names, and the message there is in the twelve tribes of Israel. But here he's made clear that God came down and consecrated his son by his death to comfort the poor and the oppressed. And, beloved, I would remind you that when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, he didn't stay dead. He arose from the dead, and he said, It is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go away, I will send you the what? Comforter. And he will abide with you forever. Let me read it to you again. Adam, Sheth, Enoch, Kenan, Mahalalel, Jared, Hinoch, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah. Let me give you the meaning of their name again. Man, having become a wretched mourner, The light of God came down and consecrated by his death sent comfort to the poor and the oppressed. Isn't that glorious? The names of the patriarchs did to take away everything else, and God's message was still there of the salvation in the blood of the Lamb. Let us pray. Father, we thank Thee for Thy precious Word. Bless it to our hearts, Lord. We ask Thee, Lord, to seal it to our hearts tonight. It's so blessed. We could read names over and over again. Sometimes we read the record of names, and we think, I wonder why God put that there. Well, He's just waiting that we'll think about what they mean, how carefully God named the patriarchs, how carefully they're placed. Starting with Adam, the first man, he brings the message of salvation in the first ten patriarchs. Now, Father, bless to our hearts this precious word. seal it to our hearts so that we can use it where testimony becomes open to us in the things of Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.